feast of Passover was near. There was no more important feast among the people of God. And there was none feast that was more appropriate as coming to the end of Jesus' life and ministry. It began on what we call today Palm Sunday, and we people call it such based on passages such as in John chapter 12 of what was read a moment ago. Jesus enters Jerusalem triumphantly. He enters with applause and with shouts of praise and hosanna. And what we know is that he actually planned his own parade. Did you catch that in the reading? He, he, he had it set up to have the, this donkey come that he can ride down on, which would be very prophetic of one of the king of Israel, the one who is to come, would ride into Jerusalem. And the people picked, on it, picked up on it pretty well, didn't they? Just as we saw in the reading a moment ago, what are they shouting? Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, up until this moment, Jesus is doing his best not to have this kind of public uh, popularity. But it's Passover week. And there are pilgrims who have come from all over the world. And Jesus knows what is about to happen. But as we read the story, we realize not everybody's happy about it. We see the Pharisees, they come and they rebuke Jesus and basically say, you need to get your disciples to get a hold of them because of some of the things that they're saying. But the fact is, Jesus loved a good parade. And we love parades, don't we? I mean, we marching bands and floats, and maybe sometimes these big blow-ups, right? My favorite parade is Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. It's my tradition every year. I'm going to watch that parade. But we, we come up with parades for everything. St. Patrick's Day, Mardi Gras, homecomings, bowl games. I mean, you name it, we're going to have a parade for it, right? And maybe the biggest parade that we have or used to have, used to have, I think, is, is Easter Sunday every year. Any of y'all remember? How many of you got new clothes every, every year before Easter? You grew up that way. You know what I'm talking about. You had more frill than that was legally uh, allowed back in the day. Some of you, I know, you had this, and I'm not sure if that's a hat or a bow, but you, you had one, right? Some of you girls. And what did you do? Every Easter, you had a parade. We parade them through the foyer. We parade them through the church because, hey, it's Easter, and that's, that's the way we like parades. But wouldn't you have loved to have been in Jerusalem when Jesus comes riding into the city as a king, throwing down palm branches before him, shouting so loudly praises to God that you would make a Pharisee complain. It just seems wonderful. But if you know the story, you know it's a temporary triumph. That this doesn't last very long. In fact, I want to notice three things this morning that I believe are important to us as we think about 
you know, between the parades. Because it's between the parades that we generally don't do very well. Usually we do great on Sundays, but it's between the Sundays that we can struggle. In fact, the first thing I noticed is that his arrival brought joy on that Sunday, didn't it? And why not? Jesus had been drawing these huge crowds. They loved his teachings. They did these miracles, and, and, and he healed people of disease and blindness and deafness, and he gave hope to the helpless. Even in the text that was read a moment ago, says these people, they, they've come along the streets and they're shouting because they said, for all the mighty works they had seen. And isn't it easy to praise God when, when you see the wonders that He does before us? A couple of weeks ago, Sasha, she texts the praise team and she tells us to start praying for this, this young man from the Masters, um, Votech. He had fallen through a ceiling and landed on a concrete floor. They were rushing him to the ER with head injuries. Later on, she texts back, and she says that the CAT scans and the x-rays were good, that he's going to be sore, but he would be okay. And people in, the, in, in our praise team group, some did the little heart emoji. I don't know how to do that. There were some who put, yay, thankful. Someone else put, thank God. Someone else put, God is good. Because it's easy to thank God. You know what I'm talking about, right? When you really, you, you just, you've got no one else but God to turn to, and you, you turn to Him, and things turn out well, and, and it's good, it's good that we feel that way. But then we notice His arrival preceded betrayal. You see, as the week unfolds, everything, everything just starts to unravel. Sunday's great, right? Seems wonderful. But then we see on Monday, Jesus goes and he cleanses the temple. It's a violent scene. These people have turned the Lord's house into a house of prayer, uh, the house of prayer into a den of thieves. The chief priests and the, 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 uh, the teachers of the law, they began to plot the murder of Jesus on Monday. You talk about things turning around. On Tuesday, it didn't get much better. Jesus confronts these religious leaders. And so they decide they're going to try to trap Jesus. And that doesn't go very well for them. He just embarrasses them. And it's also on that day, one of his own 12 has decided he's going to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. On Wednesday, Jesus teaches and he performs miracles at the temple and most of the people, they still will not believe in him. And even those who do believe, they refuse to acknowledge him publicly because they're scared. They're afraid they're going to be put out of the synagogue. The applause has gone silent, you see. Jesus, that evening, he ate the Last Supper with his disciples. He goes with them to the Mount of Olives. And it's there that he is betrayed. And it's there he's arrested. Thursday morning, Jesus goes through a mock trial before the Jewish council. They condemn him. 
And then what does Peter do? Peter denies the Lord during this time three times. His, his right-hand man. He goes on trial before Pilate. Pilate sends him to Herod. Herod sends him back to Pilate. And Pilate has him scourged, flogged, and ultimately crucified. As Jesus is going to the cross, he is, he's carrying at least the beam of, of his cross to the crucifixion site. And if you know the story in the Gospels, he, he stumbles because, I mean, he's just been beaten. He's lost all this blood. Surely somebody's going to come to his aid. One of his disciples is going to stand up, right? No one. There was a man who is volunteered by a Roman soldier to help carry that cross. Where were all those people that were there along the parade route? Throwing down palm branches and singing his praise. You see, the applause eventually ends for some. 1962, this guy, Marvin Griffin, he was running for another term of the governor of Georgia. And the way he did his campaigns is he would have these big barbecues. He would have people out and he would speak. Uh, in the early 60s, he had one at Statesboro. Joe, Glenda. 12,000 people showed up and ate Marvin's barbecue. But when the election came, he lost by a landslide. <laughs> and he told the press, he said, they ate old Marvin's barbecue, but they didn't vote for me. You see, crowds can be fickle. They want to know what you've done for me lately. They did the same thing to Jesus, didn't they? You know, he feeds the 5,000 plus, and, and so they rush to Jesus' next stop, hoping to see another miracle. They want to be fed just like Israel had been fed in the wilderness. And when Jesus refuses to do it, almost all of them turn around and they leave and they don't follow again. You see, as long as God answers my prayers, as long as everything's going well in my life, I, can, I will stay on the parade route. I will follow him all the way through. I will throw down the palm branches and I will sing praises and hosannas to his name. It's easy on Sundays like today, but when Monday hits and we're with people that maybe we're tempted to either deny or betray Christ, sometimes we do. Sometimes we choose ourselves over Christ. We choose sin over integrity. Sometimes we do just like Jesus had said of the crowds that that we choose the, the praise of men over the praise of God. It's easy this, this week, as we think about from the triumphal entry to Jesus' resurrection, we, we, it's easy for us to think about Judas and Peter and think, oh, these guys. But this is a week that we really need to evaluate ourselves. How do we do between the applause? I also notice that his arrival brought tears. Brought tears. We go back to 
Luke chapter 19. And so Jesus, he's, he's coming into Jerusalem. And then verse 40, 41, it says, And when he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that made for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when the enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Jesus wept because he knew their condition and he understood their need. He had come to change the hearts of the people and not their government, which is what a lot of them felt like the Messiah was supposed to do. And so Jesus weeps. He weeps over Jerusalem because they are missing this opportunity time and time again. He tries to show them, to tell them who he is. But it's like they never get the message. Even those who are closest to Jesus, his disciples, they often had their own selfish ambitions. They often are jockeying for power. And let's face it, when the chips were down, Jesus is arrested and goes to crucifixion, all save one. They leave. They scatter. Jesus came to save humanity. He came to bring every single one of us back into a relationship with our Creator. He loves us. And He wants us to love Him. Today, people are still missing this opportunity. And Jesus still weeps. They want a Messiah, just like they did back then. They want a Messiah who's going to come in and change our government instead of changing our hearts. We'd much rather have a Messiah that's going to be the face of our political party sometimes than we would to be the face of the very life that we leave before others. But Jesus made it very clear, crystal clear, that when he was before Pilate and he is accused of being king of, of the people of Israel, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would have been fighting that I might be delivered over to the Jews. Not not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. Read the Sermon on the Mount. Folks, it's the manifesto of the kingdom of God. It's the very opposite of what we see of the nations of the world. Jesus showered, he showed us how God can reign over our world, and he, he shows us in a way that we're not always real comfortable with if we're honest about it, and that is, he showed us a way to reign over the world is to give his life for his enemies. You see, that's why the crucifixion, especially 
if you read the Gospel of Mark, it shows that Jesus' enthronement happened on the cross. That's where he was enthroned as king. The good news is that Jesus defeated sin. He conquered death. He reigns as, as king, not of a country, but in disciples. His kingdom is found all around the earth of those who have given their lives to him. Jesus wasn't asking us to fight. He's asking us to love, to love God, and to love others. We're called to send out the message that this is what Mission Sunday is all about, but it goes beyond, of course, going to uh, other countries of the world. It's right here, this message of talking to others about giving their allegiance to this king. A king who died for them. A king who loves us that much. And what I say to you is simply this. Don't let the applause end. October 1982, 60,000 diehard fans from the University of Wisconsin. They are watching their team play Michigan State. And they soon learn that they are no match for Michigan State and they get clobbered. And even as the score is just getting so lopsided, all of a sudden they start hearing throughout Badger Stadium, they keep hearing these cheers and applause. And it's like, how can that happen? Your team is getting demolished. But you see, there was something going on 70 miles away. The Milwaukee Brewers were in Game 3 of the World Series against the Cardinals, and they were winning. And every time something good would happen, there were several throughout the stadium who had their little radios, and they would all of a sudden, they would just start here. They, they were responding to something that they were not even there to see, even though what they were seeing before them was an absolute beatdown. What does Jesus say? What does what is, what is God say? He tells us, look, focus on the things that are unseen, not the things that you see before you all the time. Folks, that's really important when we think about, when we think about between Sundays. Fix your eyes on Jesus. If you go to work on Monday and your job is in a place that it, doesn't live by Christian principles, then you focus your eyes on Christ and you, you determine your, everything in your being to do what is right no matter what. If you wake up on Tuesday like we did this past week after a mass shooting the day before at a Christian school and you're hearing certain people in the media who are putting Christianity on trial... We've got to fix our eyes on Jesus and love our enemies. And that's hard. Or if on Wednesday you wake up and you are really struggling because you've, 
you've been trying to have a child for maybe months or years, and you've been praying about it, and nothing's happened, then you fix your eyes on Christ, and you think of the blessings that he has given to us, especially the one that we've talked about this day, even though it still hurts. If you, wait, if you go on Thursday afternoon, like our girls' softball team did, and you play a, a team from Wisconsin over at Dodgertown, and they've got a pitcher that's six foot three, and she was, and we get run ruled, then we got to focus on Jesus. And our girls did, and they went over to this, these girls from this, this uh, public school and asked them to pray with them. You see, no matter what happens to us on Monday through Saturday, we keep our eyes focused not on what is seen, but what is unseen, and we give Him thanks. Don't let the applause end between Sundays. Because some of you may be like, I can't wait till next Sunday, Easter Sunday. It's so exciting. I love to hear the stories of the resurrection. He needs to hear our praise tomorrow and the next day and the next day no matter what comes our way don't let the applause end let's bow for a word of prayer father we come to you and we give you thanks we thank you for the great sacrifice of your son jesus we thank you for everything that he was willing to go through and everything father you were willing to go through in this moment and Father, we give you praise and honor and glory for every good thing in our lives. And Father, for those things that happen to us, the hard things, Father, we still give you praise. We know we live in a fallen world, and we know, Father, that you've provided that solution, and we need to be thankful for those things. Father, help us to go out and to share that message of your Son, Jesus, as our King. And so, Father, we just ask this all in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.